Welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast, hosted by DJ Shirai and DJ Juicy. Ooh. We focus on the stories of individuals who are making great impact in society and culture. The Butter Chicken Experience is well-cooked, thought-provoking conversation. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the vibes. You got the culture? Yes, 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 party people, New York City and worldwide. It's your boy, DJ Sherrod, live and direct from New York City. Aye, and your boy, DJ Juicy. Juicy, what's really good, my man? Season three, Butter Chicken Podcast. We back, baby. We back, cooking slow and low, but you know what I'm saying? It's all worth the wait. Yo, listen, my G. Talk to me. That butter chicken really been marinating. Facts, bro. Slow and low, like I said, man. I feel like we haven't been in the studio for a minute, but I also feel like it was a good break because we really, really got to just see what's going on in the scene, uh, focus on some of our own things uh, work-wise. Mm-hmm. We've been doing a lot of projects lately with brands. You want to talk a little bit about that before we get into our special guest today? Yeah, I mean, beyond that, actually, I want to talk about like just personally like traveling, winding a little bit, Okay, worked on a tape. Oh yeah. Um, working on putting another tape together. Okay. So you know, for me, it's it's just been refreshing to have a little bit of a break. But yeah, like you mentioned, bro, we've been working with some um, some large brands and um, brand partnerships and things along those lines. And uh, it's a lot of work, bro. But hey, man, our uh, our, our hard work is paying off, and uh, things are going in the right direction. So I ain't mad. So it's funny every time um, we're sitting in the studio. Well, not every time, but once in a while when we're sitting in the studio. I uh, I see your face and I'm I'm happy that you're here with me. <laughs> okay. And usually it's it's after uh, some sort of argument or fight that we've gotten into at our at our real job at, at our at our company. That's standard business, bro. <laughs> you know, it's, it's but it's cool that like you know in 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 this game we could we could honestly be at, be at each other's throats and we when we get into the butter chicken uh, sort of studio we're just we're we're at a different vibe it's late at night we're really not thinking about work this is this has become fun it's a passion project that's fun and and we get to do a lot of cool stuff that's what brothers do bro we fight we bicker we moan and then we fucking squash <laughs> and we have a fucking good time man absolutely man so we try not to get too sentimental over these things facts um so interesting enough um we got a really, really dope special guest today. Uh, someone whose music I've actually listened to for a really long time. Uh, seen him coming to New York uh, over the last five or six years and just uh, watched his career sort of develop. And um, it's been this slow grind, but it's been a steady grind at the same time. And uh, I've really, really followed the music and followed uh, the progression and the sound. Um, he goes by the name of Prophecy. Prophecy, welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no doubt, man. So, you know, the object of what we do here, bro, is to really tell the story of South Asians making impact in culture and society uh, in all formats. Um, But one thing that is sort of uh, part of our culture that really keeps us together is the music and uh out of all the guys in the scene and girls in the scene doing it uh you're one of those guys that's putting out fire with every single release there's there's no mediocrity in the music man Dude, thank you man that, that means a lot especially coming for you man that's a, a big thing and obviously like me personally like that's always been my goal 
So for you to say that means a lot. I mean, that's a fact. And the, the other reason, the, the biggest reason why we brought you here, bro, is, you know, we do a lot of Googling and a lot of research. And Juicy found an interesting fact out about you. Yeah, bro. I read uh, on an interview that you did in 2012 that your favorite food is butter chicken. Yeah. Is that still the case? It is, man. We just, <laughs> we've had it probably like three, four times since we've been in New York. Wow. So, uh, yeah, man. Butter chicken's still my favorite. That's actually... Uh, once we found out it was called Butter Chicken Podcast, I was like, all right, that just takes it to a whole nother <laughs> right, so, so you didn't have to be sold much to come over here, man. I know you um, You don't do a lot of interviews. Yeah. So we feel honored, and I think the guests um, that we've had in the past uh, are some of your friends, people that you've done music with. And from our listener's standpoint, um, we get listeners from all over the world. So although we're based in New York, uh, there's a big following right now in India. Shout out to Hub Hopper. Shout out to Spotify, who's really, really been pushing what we're doing. Um, the fan base all doesn't know your story. So today we want to kind of get to know you a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, know where you come from, um, both culturally and musically. Uh, we're going to dive right into it. Um, fans, butter chicken, followers, supporters, our boy Prophecy is here. He's going to kind of tell us where he's from. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I guess I was born in uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, my Punjabi parents, my mom's born and raised in Hounslow. Uh, my dad's from Jalandhar, India, so... When you, know, you when you say Hounslow, you mean Hounslow? UK, UK. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I have a dual citizenship as well. So, I'm half British citizen, half Canadian. Nice. So... Yeah, I mean, growing up, like, I was really uh, closer to my dad. Um, he, he liked to write. He liked to sing. He liked to, um, you know, he tried acting for a little bit, too. Tried going to, um, you know, I think he was in, like, a Pepsi commercial, like, uh, in the 80s. So I'd he, love to see that. Yeah, it's, he had hair back then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, basically, I mean, I was, my dad was... Uh, basically the person that uh you know saw some sort of talent in me um i was like four or five and he got me like this mickey mouse drum set and he kind of noticed that i was playing it like on beat so there wasn't like calgary didn't really have like a crazy you know desi population but for some reason we found you know my ustad uh nishikant bali and from there um, you know, my dad was like, oh, I want to teach this kid music. I want to teach him, you know, um, something that I, I think he could progress in. And at that point, um, he told me to sing something instead of play something. So I remember it was like, I was, I don't know, six and five or six. And that Didi Tera Devar Diwana song was like huge. And I, so I sang that from song. DDLJ? No, no, it's from Hamapke Hekon. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Come on, sure. Yeah, my man. Um, yeah, I'm a huge Bollywood head, so that hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry, Juicy's better with that. <laughs> um, so I sang that song, and my ustad was like, you know, I feel like instruments is something he's just going to pick up, but let's tr teach him vocally. Um, so I started taking vocal lessons when I was like five. Wow. Um, started learning about like rags and, you know, practicing on the harmonium. And at that point, my dad was mad happy because I was singing like the songs that my dad liked. I was like, he, he wanted me to be like a Sufi singer. 
like master salim or like you know something like that and he'd always seen that vision i, I could tell like he was kind of like a soccer mom where he was like <laughs> he's gonna you know what i mean he's gonna go up there and do that but what happened was when i was kind of in my teens i i kind of left all of that um so i started like listening to like really underground like hip-hop like wow, i had no clue like yeah so like very like east coast like dj premiere like little brother like i was all into that so um and the, so the, the stuff that 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 is totally different than yeah 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 so it was a lot of like storytelling hip-hop i love storytelling hip-hop i was talking to um uh, your boy that picked me up too and i was like like it's so weird that i'm like a 2000s kid and like but the hip hop I was introduced to, to like my cousins and stuff, that was, uh, it was like 92 to like 95. Like that's my era that I connect with. It's, it's just like, I call that the, I mean, a lot of people, that's the golden era. Yeah. 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 Sure. So like, I remember like watching like the source awards on VHS, like as people had recorded, like I was, I wasn't like old enough to watch it then, but like later on and like, that's what I was like really interested in for a long time. And that's what I started like producing. Like, you know, I was listening to, um, you know, like Jay Dilla beats or like <laughs> premiere. And like, that's when I was like, yo, I want to do that. And then like, I left this whole like this, like when I was like 14, I left all that behind. And I was what, just like, what I'm year was that around? Must've been like mid two thousands. Okay. And I left all of that behind. And I just started like, I got Fruity Loops and I started, there was like local hip hop, um, like rappers and stuff in Calgary. Uh, me and my brother like started rapping a little bit like horribly <laughs> but like I used to just started making beats um, like that and then what happened was then I was you know listening to what's happening in UK Mm. and i was like in that time of the, yeah, yeah that, that time that and time i was like was, man like you know so was that like the rishi rich era rishi rich zeus rdb and i was like man we like, call that the golden era of the it, yeah 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 so that was like the perfect blend and i was like man like i think i can like do there was actually one album it was by sanger vibes uh, uh unleashed that album uh i think like shaped me and as a producer and that's where i realized that i could you know take both influences and make beats otherwise i was just like making like straight hip-hop straight like premiere like knockoffs like i just find the same sample and like so cut it up the same and be like yo shit. i could make this too but um yeah so that's you know i started doing that and then i started singing again um in like 2009 2010 but like my voice it, it wasn't the same like i hadn't been practicing or anything and then I released uh, my first album in 2011 when I was uh, getting into university. And yeah, from there, it's just like been tell, tell us about the release of your first album coming out of the hip hop scene, going back to Desi. Yeah. What, what, was, what was the vision there? And when you did that, one, what was, what was parents' reaction? And two, did you know it was going to go to this point where you're at today? Um, I mean, I always hoped it would. Like, I, I think a lot of people always say that, oh, I wasn't expecting this or I wasn't. For me, like, I've always, I've expected less, but I've always expected that I can't do anything besides make music. Like, I, you know what I mean? I've always known that whatever I do is going to be music related. Um, with that album, uh, I remember, like, I found my sound like early on, like what it like. This is before the dream. 
Yeah, before Dreamer. This one's called Forever. Right. So this one came out in 2011. And with this album, I was like, you know, I... I, I kind of found like I knew what chords I liked. I knew like you know the overall sound. Um, the only thing that like I didn't know was how to mix music. I, I didn't know how to record. I didn't know how to like do any of like any technical things. So I kind of just put things together and like it worked. And like wow, I, so that so on your I put it on, yeah. So no proper mixing, no proper no no mastering. like it was. I just kind of did it by ear, and then I like I did send it for mastering. Okay, I like was that done in a home studio, like oh, yeah, vocal yeah. recording and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and now now it's like even now I I mean I I, I all my records are made at home. Okay, even recorded at home. Has the studio advanced a little bit? Yeah, um, it's you know I I, I got like. I didn't know what a preamp was. I didn't know that you like, I didn't like, I had no idea on that album what I was doing, but I made something. I made like a bunch of, you know, presets and stuff, put it together. I put that project out. And from that, like I started getting like shows and, you know, like people were like, Oh, and right off the bat, like that's when people are like, Oh, like this is Mr. Senti, Senti singer, Senti this, Senti that. Okay. So that's like, been with you for a minute. Yeah. That's, uh, that's been from the beginning, I think. Cause like my favorite types of Punjabi songs are sad songs. Like I pause for a second. So it's interesting. You said that at Mr. Senti, because, uh, there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast that are not Punjabi or not, yeah, yeah. not even don't even understand the language, right? Um, but this word senti keeps coming up uh, recently more more now than ever. I feel a lot yeah. of people are making sentimental music. Explain to us what it means to be senti. So it's l basically just sad, sad, <laughs> sad songs and sad music. And like I remember growing up, my dad would um, you know there's a lot of Punjabi artists that my dad would always listen to like Savarkoti, Sardul Sikandar, Hans Rajans and legends and yeah legends but also like the saddest songs that and i th that's what i grew up listening to and when i you know when i was like eight nine i realized the meaning to these songs and i had to ask my dad like is everything okay with you and mom like why are you listening <laughs> to these songs like everywhere we're driving and i think that really like molded the type of songs that i wanted to make is like you know i love i just love the way it comes together and like i love going on late night drives and listening to old like sad punjabi songs and you know then i'll have like a crazy like 90s hip-hop playlist that like will follow right after and i mean that's just always the stuff i've been like interested in that's lit bro it's interesting because now that i'm thinking about some of the records and some of yeah, the drums yeah. and some of the beats like you could actually hear Especially the BPM range, a lot of yeah, the BPM yeah. range you, you, you play with. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the more like records with the, the hip hop drums in them. They're yeah, all yeah. in that like 90 to 100 BPM yeah, yeah. range. And that's not the BPM range that's like hot right now. Exactly. Everything's like 60, exactly. 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was always like important to like, especially with forever, it kind of set the precedent that I'm, I'm basically going to come in this industry and do what I want instead of like, like with that album that it, it, it like a niche, like fan following started off of that album. So after that, I kind of realized that like, I, there's no way now that I could do like a, a commercial, like I just, it, it just doesn't bring me any like pleasure in doing any of that like pop more poppy records pop i mean yeah like <clears throat> i guess more recently like i i do enjoy it mm -hmm. but i remember at that time i was like i'm, I'm just gonna do what i like making well, i respect that 
Oh. I got to know, actually, I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, grow, so you were born in Calgary, yeah? Yeah. And like growing up, did you, Punjabi was the first language at home that you spoke? Um, no, like, cause my mom's British. Mm-hmm. Like, like my mom, obviously we spoke a lot of Punjabi, mm-hmm. but like I got that mostly from my dad. Got I got like the, I guess the Western culture and stuff from my mom. Like she was like, you know, listening to, you know, obviously MJ Prince and like that's what, or U2, like that's her favorite band. So I, I've listened to all of the U2 albums cause they're always on at home. It's so, like a co- common conversation. I feel like th- that we have with first generation, um, like children of immigrants born here, like, like how, like how do you hold on to the language mixed within the culture that we're in today? It's, it's something like food language and music is what ties you back to your own culture right yeah and um i'm finding that now as an adult like when i was a child i would speak to my parents in hindi and punjabi mm-hmm. um but then when i got into middle school and high school it would be all english and now i feel that my hindi and punjabi has gotten like weaker and weaker so like is there like do you like when when you're writing your lyrics and stuff like that like how what's that process like um to like because you're you're a lyrical dude like your songs in punjabi like are so deep have such great meaning but mesh so well together too so like i i, I just commend you for that no thank you man. and i want to you're welcome and i want to know like what's your process like in that regard um yeah it's it, it is kind of hard because like I, i'm lucky i had a lot of like punjabi um like i had a lot of friends in that like just even growing up in like junior high high school university so we would always like kind of speak it within ourselves as well mm-hmm. and it, it's it's crazy because like my brother doesn't speak too much punjabi mm-hmm. like at all like he's the complete opposite of me mm-hmm. whereas i'm you know i i still do get a lot of help like my dad has helped me almost with every song that mm-hmm. i've done to you know fix the punjabi to fix this to you know sure. if i have a word i'm like like i want to say this but you know he's come up with you know the right word because i i feel like like i do veer towards the punjabi side in my writing sure but i've always tried to keep it where where kids from here can understand people from india don't laugh at you because of you know what i mean like they're super yeah they're gonna be (laughs) super critical so i i try and keep like a a good blend of everything that okay it it is deep so i can't just say anything that's like very you know cliche i I can't say like all that stuff that you know you would say in a pop record right but at the same time i can't just like like sometimes my dad will come at me with like crazy like you know long deep words and i was like like i can't say that either (laughs) so it's just like a good i have to find like a medium dope dope have you found that your audience has sort of uh become bigger than just the punjabi market purely based on the music even if they don't necessarily understand uh the vocals per se because i've seen a few of your shows now and in the audience i've seen packed full of desi crowds yeah but maybe only half of them might be Punjabi and the rest might be from other demographics. Have you noticed a spike in fan base from people outside the Punjabi community? And uh, what do you feel about that if so? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think for the last probably two and a half years, it's like, it's, it's like Punjabi is always there. 
I mean, because they're the first people that understand it, that supported it. But now it's gone to like, you know, I never I never thought I'd be like, like I did a, sh a tour like two and a half years ago just to like see what India would be like. And we did shows in like Pune, in Mumbai, in, you know, Bangalore. And I was like, wow, people are showing up, like non-Punjabi people are showing up, singing along to these shows. And, you know, so it, it's... It, that I never really ex you you never think about that when you're like I never think about any of that when I'm making songs mm. so it's always a shock like I know other artists they like you know okay we gotta get this demographic we gotta get this we got I've never thought about that so like I'm always shocked to see that I, like I even have fans I've like you know what I mean I've I'm st even to this day like when I get like recognized it's just like it just doesn't make sense i i don't feel like i'm the type of dude that's supposed to be getting recognized and you know people want to like take pictures and you know this album meant so much to me this meant uh, and i'm just like wow like when you say this album, um, the season the season or like you know even in general like it's just like a lot of people like oh you're saying people have come yeah yeah people have this, come oh. this is like this has changed my life and and for me like the 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 life I live like outside of my artist life is probably the most mundane, boring life. <laughs> and like, so I, I always like get confused because like, you know, I'm, I'm on tour now and I'm like here and there and I'm just like meeting so many people and you're taking pictures, you're doing performances, but literally I'm going to go home like next week and I'm going to be in my pajama. I'm going to be chilling <laughs> with my dog. I'm going to be like going for a walk. Like, it's just like, I like that aspect of like living two lives. Cause wow. I feel like, like I, I, like here I can like, just like, you know, get all of it, you know, get everything, you know, whatever it is to offer. And then I could just go home and like relax, shut down, shut down. Yeah. And like, you know, just like it's Calgary. Like I, I obviously like now I get recognized quite a bit, but even still, like, it's just like so empty. Like where I live is like, there's like nothing there, like farmlands and stuff. And I think like, I'm I'm blessed to have that. And it's just, it's just probably like the best. It's, it's one thing that adds to like, even the type of music I make, like even with this album, like when I made this album, I, I didn't talk to anyone for like six months, like people from the industry or any, like I, I just cut off. I was literally sitting in my house. I come to do a show. I come back and I just sit at home and like, cause this album was one album that was like for me. Mm instead of like you know i i gotta i gotta fly to toronto and let's see what the vibes are like there and then we'll get in a studio session i'm doing that now like after the album but during that album i was like this album's for me and i just want to like make the music that i want to make it's interesting like the creative process shifts um as you get to know yourself better and come into your own um similarly when you perform um that also is forever shifting and, and changing right tell us about like you, the first memorable performance that you had um and what that was like and what was going through your mind at that time so i've been fortunate like i feel like i did performances like before i was ready to do performances so um like i'm very very introverted when it comes to like performances like i i can let loose on stage but like before and after i'll just be like in a corner like i've actually breathing yeah yeah I've i'm like it. very 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 quiet i like to just be in my zone i don't like to chill at the venue for too long i like to go on stage do my thing and then i'm kind of good 
So uh, one of the first like big shows I did was in Paris, um, and that was like my first like big show. I think. What year are we talking about? This is like 2013, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's when it yeah. really started popping. That's yeah, and that was like it was like me, Imran Khan, like uh, a few other people on that show. And that's when I was like, holy smokes, like people know who I am outside of like my friends telling me that this is a dope song. And so I think like that, that was one performance where I was like, I didn't really know what I was doing, like in terms of like performing and stuff. Like I was all over the place, even still, I'm like trying to figure it out. Like but, stage show and yeah yeah yes yeah. it's just because like I, I've never been like I you know I'm a I'm a more studio type of person mm. I like this environment this environment you is can like hang, you want you could just do our podcast for, <laughs> <you. Yeah. laughs> for me like performing is always just like I, I love it when it's happening mm. but just like the pre performance and the post performance and it's interesting you say that I want to get into the the artistry and the the business of your music a little bit. Um, I noticed that you keep a team around you, mm-hmm. that you don't just fly solo. You have uh, PR and sort of management around uh, when you're now here in New York. Uh, and then you mentioned that you, you kind of like to be seclude yourself from the mass, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, how important for you is having a team, whether it be management, PR, a digital team, whatever people around you that, that understand your vision and understand what you're doing? Um, I think it's like... I don't think in this day and age, like an artist should, uh, because like one thing is that you can't do everything by yourself, especially me. Like I, um, you know, shout outs to my manager, Umar, who I know is watching this <laughs> intently right now. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to make sure that. Yeah. That yeah. So that. like, cause he, I, I had to get to him to get to you. Yeah. So like for, <laughs> <laughs> for him, it's like, I think it's like it's been important for me because like like I said like I didn't really know besides the music and like what I wanted to do I had no idea about like anything else like uh, I don't know if you've seen my earlier music videos like I had no idea I didn't even yeah yeah, exactly yeah I didn't even comb my hair for that video (laughs) (laughs) like I didn't know that like I had to wear clothes I had to be presentable like I didn't know any of that stuff I didn't know that I had to like suck in my gut <laughs> like for like shots. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't know any of that. Like I didn't know that this is my good angle. This is, I just knew that like, oh, okay, I've done a song now I have to do a music video. Right. But with uh, uh, like having like, you know, a team, having people to be like, no, like do this, do that. It just, it, it makes your life a lot easier. And like, you know, it's just it like a lot of, you know, a lot of the viewers don't understand that this, it is a team that that makes all of this possible you know like yes i do do a lot of the music stuff myself right but the, the creation yeah like you know from mixing to producing to writing like that's all me and the, all the beat all the yeah production. all the production right. yeah so like i do all that but you know that can only take you so far you, like uh, one thing i did realize is that like some things you that's do that's a gem right there bro yeah that's a gem for the young listeners out there uh you have to you're, like you're yeah, getting at it where it's like you, you're an amazing musician but what yeah. what's next it, like marketing is so important 
and that's one thing that took me a long time to realize mm-hmm. otherwise i was just like like i was i was always just like working for people cuz like i love making music so much that i go in this studio i do write something for this person mm-hmm. i produce something for that and then one point i just realized and i was like holy like all these people are like killing it and i'm just still sitting here like writing it so i i better figure this stuff out i better make some videos i better like focus on my own content and so i think like that's one thing that that really helps having a team now have you always had the same team or cuz i seen uh omar with you last year yeah. at uh udc when i had first met you so omar has i uh, omar messaged me in 2010 okay and he messaged me on facebook and myspace wow and he was like what program do you use and i was like i use reason and he's like what the hell no one uses reason i said i use reason <laughs> and then that's how we connected a year later i was staying in his bedroom because he booked me a gig in scotland wow and like basically from there like that's it like he's been around for like now almost nine ten years so 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 for the listeners who might not know what's what's the difference between prophecy productions the record label mm-hmm 360 PR yeah and then VIP the other label so um because it's very confusing if you don't know the game and and part of what we try to do is is tell the listeners tell the youth that the artist that looks at prophecy is the man and the guy he wants to work with we want to we want to educate these listeners on on the game because we growing up didn't have that right Mm -hmm. what you guys are doing now is setting the tone for the next 20 years of young budding artists mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about some of the young artists you work with as well but a lot of people don't understand the label game the pr game and and how this whole thing of owning your music works and i know you of everybody yeah, yeah. now with all the credits you have production wise for other people there's probably no one that can explain it as good as you yeah so um simply put like so i'm an independent artist so prophecy productions is my label uh which basically now just pushes me <laughs> um is rashi still with you i uh, no, she's okay. she's independent because i know she was signed to you for a yeah minute, yeah right? so when she first started um uh you know that was our you know kind of way to figure things out as well sure and so prophecy productions is uh my label um 360 is pr so they don't not just for me but you know they do pr for a bunch of artists um uh you and know, that's omar's omar's uh, that's omar's yeah right and then vip records was actually started by uh dj vips uh mm. rest in peace, rest he in just peace yeah. yeah so that's been one of the um you know let's say og um you know uk labels like i mean i was a fa- i i hit up dj vips uh in 2010 um, with your project with my demo right and he was the only person that got back to me and he said you know what this isn't what we're looking for right now but it, you know in those days like that was still the golden era going on mm. and for him to even acknowledge that i sent something right i think that i'll never forget that so big shout outs to dj vips and vip records who's, who've absolutely been killing it recently Lot of lot of releases on the label. Yeah, your boy Azu Azu's putting out. Yeah, Azu's killing it. I seen DJ Harps did something with uh, Amr Sandhu. Amr, yeah, Pataka, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy that now artists from North America, yeah, have 
a label to go to in the UK, which really wasn't happening too much prior. Yeah, I mean, I and I think it's it's also like the deals and stuff. Like you know, it's it's we all went to India and the deals we were getting they weren't like suited for us. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Hold up, so, bro. That was so nice, bro. <laughs> I, I I read somewhere years ago, and you said this years ago. Yeah. That India looks at us as North Americans for the sound, mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily want to help create us as artists and 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 help us pop off back home. Hundred percent. I mean, I think it's like you could just hear it in the music there. Yeah, like, that's some. That's some real shit, bro. Yeah, unfortunately, like, it's the truth. Like, a lot of it is, like, I don't want to drop any names, but I've been hit up by everyone and anyone from the Punjabi Bollywood industry. Mm -hmm. And I've done work out there. I've done, I've written songs for movies. I've done songs for movies. Seeing those movies come out without my credit or anything. You know what I mean? I've, I, and that's that's where that stemmed from is that I feel like a lot of us artists in you uh, in uh, North America mm-hmm. we've been like you know we've we've uh, you know it's it's obviously we've dealt with the wrong people and I feel like it's you have to make those mistakes like I, I, I I'm lucky I made them early on and then off of that decided to do my own thing but um, I I I, I truly think that like you know you could hear it in their sound like they're they're trying to do something western they're trying to do that but it's it doesn't sound authentic like it doesn't sound like does authentic mean anything in India I mean <laughs> I'm gonna be honest it does like, though like, it does from there, a, there from, is from like, an urban desi perspective yeah like there there is a certain sex section of even like I'd say Punjabi music and you know what's going on in Bollywood that that is authentic sure but like what happens is that like there's what happens is there's like one song right like there's a there's a certain sect that just likes to take like they don't really know what they're doing but they just like to take something that's popping like they don't know why it's popping but they take that and they turn it into something that mm. doesn't sound too great so it's the replicas of the good record that with exactly. the exact keys the exact drums yeah yeah the but vocal, exactly put it out get hundreds of millions of views and yeah yeah rinse and repeat model so so is there room uh, and this is this is a a, a question that it's, I've been thinking about it for a really long time and I, I like to get artist perspective. Um, us as artists um, from North America, um, being Desi, uh, born and raised here, is there room for more than one to go from here and pop off next level over there at the levels of the yo-yos, the bad shahs, and the guys that are really, really just making a ton of noise and a ton of money out there. Is there the ability for guys and girls from here to pop off over there? I think so, yeah. I mean, like, judging from just even the fan base that I have, like, a lot of it comes from India. You know, a, a lot of this, like, the thing is, like, I think in any industry, like, people people always think that there just needs to be one or there needs to be, I mean, even in our like North American, like this, he's seen like, mm-hmm. there are so many different people doing different things and successful, like, it, or even like reaching success. I feel mm. like 
I think like something that like you know I make a certain type of music Fateh raps someone does this someone does like gangster records someone does you know pop records but like we all are I feel like we're all successful and all able to reach like new heights every year so I don't see why not we can't like if you look at India they also have like different types of artists like they have a big Bhangra artist a big hip-hop artist a big Bollywood artist so I, I I definitely think someone from here the the only thing is like you have to spend more time and you have to put up with a lot more stuff you have to go to India you have to live there you have to there's like some networking stuff you have to do there's just a lot of like you know it's not just it's not the same as here where you could just put out content it's just that the industry there is still about five ten years behind so you still have to you know you have to i don't know what the right word is but you have to kind of struggle out you have there to live it yeah you have to live it i've seen um artists like like ogs like rishi just move out there exactly Mensch, uh move out there uh raja kumari who's um finally getting some shine that she's well deserved and earned uh she spent a lot of time there and she even told us how hard and difficult it was to 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 work out there and still be here and work out here and do a deal here so with that um are there plans of of taking this to bigger heights and bigger levels yeah that's always a uh, a goal for me it's always been like i've i've gone there many times and i've even done projects out there and i've done like a lot of work in india um for me it's like i personally feel like i want it to be the right time now Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste time. Um, I feel like like I'd always, when I went to India before, I'd always be like, oh, you know, let's see what this person's up to. Let's do, you know, let's just see. But like, you know what I mean? Like people just go to India and they just like be like, Let, let's, 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 let's go to Mumbai. This is the hub. Right. And let's just see what happens. A lot of going with no plan. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So like. improvising. Uh, yeah. And it's work for people. Like some people, like the thing is when you're at a certain level, like y- y- you will find work regardless. Right. But like for me, I want it to be the right work. You know what I mean? I don't want to just go there and like do a so- like it's I, I feel at this point it's not hard for me to go there do a Bollywood song but it, it has to be the right song it has to be like right in a business sense as well it has to be right that I'm not like ripping off some other thing you know whatever is the hot sound out there like I don't want to do that right I'd rather it be on my terms and the type of music that I make I don't want you know like imagine I came out and be like tequila shot like you know what I mean like that's it's not gonna work so I feel like it might work it just might it might work yeah but it's just like I'm not gonna be happy if I do that like you know what i mean and it's just like there's a million pretty good though <laughs> yeah that sounds great uh, yeah i could uh, <laughs> I, I know the the format that's right, the thing right, and right. it's just like I, I don't it doesn't like make me happy as an artist and business sense like you you won't go far right you know what i mean i'll be hot for like three weeks and then right. i'll come back to calgary and walk my dog and like you know what i mean but yeah that makes you happy too right so then we all good. yeah no yeah need but it'll it just be um you know it's just uh it, it it's a timing thing but it's also like i feel like as an artist like you shouldn't degrade your talent just to get work because That's like if you if you take time like for me i've taken so much time just like 
perfecting what what I love to do and it's just it opens doors for me i i had times where i was like oh i gotta make like oh edm's hot i gotta make an edm song or this is i've had like every artist has that but then i've also just gone into the studio and made like the saddest record and be like this i don't care about anything like i feel so emotionally fulfilled when i make this type of music that i don't really care like if i'm you know what i mean i don't I don't care like what that other stuff does. Yeah, you do what this, you do for This your stuff heart. like yeah, this stuff makes me feel something inside and then this stuff is financially, you know, good now. The business is running smoothly. So, you know, for me it's I I'm a testament that you could do what you love and make it better and better. It takes a bit longer than everyone else, sure. but you know, you but can do it. But it's not cookie cutter. Yeah. Um talked a little bit about uh international and, and india specifically a little bit about the uk um us usa uh canada it seems that that golden era we talked about you know 03 to 06 in the in the south asian scene even 07 08 mm -hmm. was a really good time for when we were our age group was coming up we just saw that there's possibility in this i've seen over the last three or four years from a content perspective and us being DJs and being able to play good songs and find new artists, it's coming out faster than we can absorb it now. Mm -hmm. There's artists popping up from every market. I'm sure when you go to Atlanta, someone's giving you a demo. When you go to Alabama, someone's giving you, wherever you're at, you're finding female vocalists, male vocalists, producers, DJs, uh, singers across the board, rappers, whatever it may be. It seems like there's this resurgence and, and people have coined this the, the new urban Desi scene. Um, I saw an Instagram page called the Desi Renaissance recently. There's People are talking brown excellence. People are talking about all this stuff that's popping off. Is this real or is it hype? Um, I think an aspect of it is real. Um, I think they're like just from what i've seen in the industry i feel like there is like it's it's still i think finding its way it's still like turning into something i feel like there's a lot of people doing this but a lot of people are coming up with the wrong intentions mm. like talk to us about that. It, it's a lot of people i feel like especially with punjabi music i see it a lot because mm -hmm. i i always meet like punjabi artists mm -hmm. and i feel like you know just with um uh, what labels are doing out there with you know the the YouTube recognition the you know everyone thinks this is like a one song and I'm I'm killing it because you can do that right like you know I mean us people in the industry know how easy it is to fake a superstar in this day and age to fake your Instagram to fake your YouTube to fake all of that but it's to so become, easy to find that person too it's, it is right? but I, I I've seen from experience people that have just stuck to that model of buying views of buying Instagram followers of buying everything and then after like five six songs that person you know that that person can be the biggest thing and like that you know it can work if you have enough funding or if you have whatever like it's not real like you know what i mean what, hap what happens when the show's empty exactly then you only see the one perspective you know what i mean you only yeah. see the one guy right. singing and be like yo i killed it so so i don't know if you know about our history but juicy and i uh have been um djing uh touring djs we 
continually tour the world year after year. Uh, I'm 20 plus years, Juicy's 20 plus years in the game. Uh, we've been able to build a lifestyle off of it. We've been able to build multiple businesses off of it, work with major brands, and it's become a sustainable business that we could talk to our children and our families about and, and people older, older than us. And we now have the ability to bring in younger people into our sort of network and help them pop off. Um, as a DJ, it took us a really, really long time to do that. But now we've, we've given hope to a lot of DJs. Um, and, and now people just want to continually work with us as an artist, where you sit right now, uh, as being one of the top guys in the North American scene, period. Um, is there sustainability to build a lifestyle off of this with the financial income that you gain between streaming, brand partnerships, sales, and tour money? Can you, can you have a family? Can you survive? And can you be well off and, and sustain lifestyle being a Desi artist in North America if the rest of the world doesn't exist? Um, I think so. I 100% think so. I, you know what I mean? I, that's one thing I really never thought. Like when I released my first album, I had like $200 in my pocket. And then the first album came and I was like, oh, okay, now this hundreds goes to thousands. And then, and one thing I also want to say is like, people think that you need like, you know, coming back to all this numbers, you need numbers, numbers, numbers. If you have an, a, an audience that always buys your music, that always supports 110%, like I'm a testament that this is my job. I make a, a very good amount of money doing it. Luckily, I'm, you know, touch wood that I keep putting out music. I keep getting opportunities. I, I you know, I keep producing music. Um, you know, I'm one well, you, you artist. You don't have to pay producers. <laughs> and you know what? I save a lot of costs because like, you know, when you do everything yourself, like I was talking to, um, you're uh, your own army. I was talking to actually, uh, uh, I was talking to Pav and Jazz Tommy, like literally like an hour ago. Okay. And we were talking about how different it is because like, I literally can, uh, I've been sleeping and I was like, I feel like making a song. So I go downstairs and I make a song and then That's I shoot incredible. the video. And right. you know what I mean? That's it. Right. And whereas and, and then you a call, lot of... And then you call Omar to... to yeah, then I'm like, Omar, what do I have to do? <laughs> and um, it's so... It, it's it's great. Like, I'm so blessed to do what I do. Right. But uh, coming back to, like, the financial, the business, right. you have to understand what the industry is. Like, I think I saw some tweet, which is like, as an artist, you have to understand the industry, the business, and the music. Those are three things and th three different things that you have to maneuver. The industry, the business, and the music. Yo, that's a gem from Mr. Prophecy. Man. Hell yeah. The industry, yeah. the music, and the, the business. business. What comes first? The music. Thank the, you. The product is, you know, that's the most important. 1,000%. That's a, that's a gem because I think a lot of these young artists might get it twisted and no, they're concentrating on their brand before the music. And yeah, like, yeah. Let's pause on the brand. Let's give me the music. Exactly. Right? And like the, the music is most important. And then after that, I feel then it's the business. 100%. And then, but when you're climbing up there, then you got to learn how to maneuver the industry. 
That's the tough because part. there is a lot of gatekeepers. There's a lot of middlemen. There's a lot of like promises. There's a lot. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I feel like that's the that's the most important thing as an artist is like focus on the music first, right. and like you know make sure you know how to mix things. Make sure you know how to record. Like right. I had to learn it project by project. Sure, but I feel like any new person like make sure you know the basics. Make sure if you're a singer, you know what key, what rag you're singing in. Just little basic things. I feel like um, people overlook because they just want to make a dope beat and a dope song. I feel like learn a little bit of theory, and then move on. Release your songs. See how they do. You know what I mean. Just get better and better. And then the business thing is probably one of the hardest things. But once you know what everything is, it's a lot easier to like make money from it. We've said this before. Like I, I feel a lot of people are so hyper focused on um, the destination versus the journey, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they'll like, all right, how do I make it to to up here, right? Exactly. But the whole progression to get there is really what it's about. Um, and you know, we mentioned things about like staying authentic and true to yourself today. We, we mentioned collaboration and teamwork. Um, and just to touch more on collaboration, there's a bunch of artists that you've collaborated with, mm -hmm. uh, Mickey Singh, Haji Springer, Fateh. Um, tell us about that process and also um, like any future collaborations that we need to look out for um, coming up. Yeah, so collaborations with me was always like, because I was in Calgary, I, I you know what I mean? The only artist from there was Raghav and he wasn't really, you know what I mean? He wasn't, um, someone that have was you, have you done anything with him yet no i've met him so many times uh -huh. but like w when i was coming up like he obviously he wasn't accessible mm. he was at too that hot time. at that yeah point. yeah so for me it was like i i just you know other people collaborate because they're from the same city because right. they're you know for me it wasn't like that like i just made music by myself and you know deep sea's my cousin you were asking about him where's he at yeah, like, yeah. he's just uh, he's working he's he's doing his thing okay i never um, saw any features after that no i mean uh he got married after that so you know that's <laughs> that's it. he locked him game up. over okay. no but i mean you know i wish him well and i wish you know um from that like i i just never i basically i i always looked for collaboration but it just like never worked Interesting. Like I was just like by myself. I was like making songs by myself. So the first few, the first person actually from the industry that hit me up was Bikram Singh. And New York Bikram Singh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, he lives down the block from me. No way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's the first person that ever was like, yo, you're, you're dope. And wow. I, and That's got to be what, like 07? Uh, no, no, no. That was 2012. Okay. So like I, I basically I, he was the first person that was like he, he was like come to New York. Well, I was like, what the hell? Because wow, he was love. with RDB Tiger Style. He Tiger Style, record. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was still doing, and then um, so I got a, uh, I, I we did that song together. Um, so he was one of the first people to hit me up, and then, you know, then it, it came that like I met Mickey, I met Fateh, I met like but all at, these. But at this time you don't understand pay for hire yet or you don't understand oh what yeah i didn't know what like splits feature. i remember Split like because me and omar were like yeah me and omar would be um you know we'd hit up producers we'd hit up artists rappers we'd hit and then they'd always hit us with a price and like that it just didn't make sense 
Um, I, I was just like, I'm not gonna. It just, I didn't understand. Um, but now it makes sense that they. Now it makes sense. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, once you you realize that, like, you're a kid. You know what I mean? You're just right. like, what the hell? Like, don't they just want to work with me? Because yeah. like, right. But at the, you know, it has to financially make sense. Right. Um. But like. I think after that is that I feel like the North American scene started coming together as well too. Very and important. We we all kind of knew each other, met each other, and we all started doing collabs together. And I think that was a big that, that big thing really that we important. did. And we all like we all get along and we all got along. And I think that's a very very important thing is that like. I mean, I feel like we've all we all go in our separate directions, do separate things, but we all have like a mutual respect for each other, and like, it's I think it's it's probably one of the reasons that we're like considered like the North American Dissy scene, and um, you know I'm thankful for that that we you know what I mean we, it's not even always about music. It's always just like, yo, let's chill. Let's kick it. It's a vibe. It. Yeah. It's a vibe. <laughs> no, that, that camaraderie really is. I, we see it because yeah. we see, we see, like, we look at the tours and we see you be doing something, but then all of a sudden Arjun will be on the same bill as you. Exactly. Or, you know, now there's a young guy, Azu, coming up Azu, everywhere exactly. you are. Yeah. I happen to see him. Yeah, man. He's, uh, I mean, we're bringing him in on the tour. Right. And obviously, dude, this kid's 19 and like knows how to mix, master. This guy's making the hottest records young like, prophecy um i i think even something different from that Good. and like, like yeah i don't i think like he has a lane when i say me like the well-roundedness like uh yeah like i mean he's i think it's just like he's he knows everything like you know where we had to like l fail and you know what i mean he's already he already knows that stuff so it's almost like you guys are the ogs now yeah it's weird like <laughs> i feel mad old even though i'm in my 20s <laughs> uh, you're the young og yeah but i mean uh like with him i think it's just like another produces himself writes himself yeah, knows how to he, mix. he produced on uh, i think for racks he's yeah he's, he's produced, produced for a, bunch, a of bunch of artists and like it's, i think it's his future is just like he's gonna i'm glad he's going through this stuff now because mm -hmm. like then he's gonna be able to completely kill it nice, very man. soon it, it's it's kind of exactly what i was talking about like you got an artist who's been in the game years now mm. you know in prophecy and there's there's probably another hundred ezus out there yeah but now they have people to look at as sort of the as the model to what they can be or what they can aspire to be and where they can go and that yeah. there's a future in it no that's so true um especially with like like i can only speak for him is that sure. he he you know listens to all of our stuff right but like that's the thing is that he's his own artist and that's the most important thing is that like this this when you get to a certain you know stage there are a lot of copycats there are a lot of you know this and that but what what is great about him and like a lot of these other new people coming out is that they're their own artists they're not trying to be anything else they just take whatever you know whatever influences they had and they're just making something out of it and i think that's the most important thing not that there's like 500 other senti singers there's like right. you know people that rap like this it's just everyone's being themselves and kind of 
that it's working and that sense of like belonging to something bigger than just themselves yeah. i feel like really motivates and pushes people to just have something to work towards you know what i'm saying so that's that's i think very valuable as well um in this industry so you're you're a young og my friend no thank you <laughs> from a, from a collab uh perspective uh juicy mentioned you you collabed with uh, one of our one of my favorites is haji oh yeah uh, i love fateh i love rax rax is Family. by far one of our one of our favorite rappers out of the UK, just period. Mm -hmm. uh, you've done a lot of hip hop. Like these are hip hop, hip -hop yeah, yeah. collaborations. And you mentioned earlier that you're a boom bap head and you're yeah, yeah. these guys. So does you collaborating, you know, being the singer and producer, or does you, you collaborating with the rappers, uh, was that all intentional in terms of like, I got to do rap records? Yeah. Um, it's just, um, I, I remember for Fateh, like I, I remember the first song we did was Jal Midinar. Mm-hmm. And I sent him that song and literally within a day, like basically, were, were you guys industry friends or were you like, so no, friends? we, we weren't like close friends at that time. I remember I met Fateh in, I dropped future proof and that did really well for me. So I was like traveling off that. And then I met Fateh, I went to his house and we just kind of all oh, cool, man. Yeah. You're killing it. Yeah. You're killing it. <laughs> all right, cool, man. And then we just left. And then I was like, dude, I want to like, let's do something. And right. he was, that's when he was like, you know, with Zeus and like, you know, oh, so he the, was popping. Yeah, he was popping and I was kind of like coming up. Interesting. And so I went to him and I was like, yeah, like we, we, we should do something. And basically I made Jalmid and all, and I think it was me and Umar and we we're playing it. And, and I like when I had that song, um, I could hear the, uh, okay. Bad, I made a side thing. Like I heard that and I was like, okay, like, uh, well, you did we that pretty well. yeah, I know, uh, I know what this so well. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, I'm going to take that and put it in. The yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> so I, I heard that on the beat. So I just hit him up and then basically I think it was late 2014 where we like, became like really really good friends and even to this day like we're he's someone i could just call if like we're dealing with industry stuff or you know writer's block or any like it's just something we're all gonna go through so right, right, if absolutely. i'm not if i'm not going through it right now i could help someone else throughout uh, through it if right. i'm going through it then someone can help me i think it's like it's a cool kind of structure that we we have that we can kind of rely on it. Right. It's not like always music, like, yo, I need a verse, I need this. It's right. just it's, like, yo. It's the camaraderie. Yeah, like, what are you going through right now? And, you know, things that we can kind of help each other out on. So, so I want to talk to you a little bit about features. So there's so many, even on Rax's Glass Ceiling, you have a re one of the biggest commercial records on that is a record you did. And I actually popped in your video shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Over a year ago. Yeah, last March. Yeah, and it, it's interesting to me that that you mentioned uh that when you first started out and you were trying to collab with people uh it was always about the paper yeah um, and with Rax actually yeah so with Rax it wasn't because i had uh he had a what's it called johnny out at that time yep. mm -hmm. and i hit him up but like i was just like that was long that was yeah i was like yo i got this song like do you want to do a verse and it was the song was called dil morde and i literally sent and him you that were song. you knew each other no okay. <laughs> i messaged him randomly what dm like what? i think yeah, i was dm somewhere and or maybe umar knew someone like it was because they were in uk so right and I messaged him and I was like, hey, like, do you want to do a verse? Right. And basically a day later, like he sent that verse and I was like, all right, this is. And then that's when I was staying at Umar's house. So there's this, there's this sort of uh, what, I, what, what I was trying to get at is like with this scene that's that's been built now, 
it seems that there's a lot of mutual respect amongst artists mm -hmm. and once you build up that credibility musically it's not always about the feature check but it's yeah. about the hey maybe i'll give you this beat maybe you'll give me a 16 on my record or that's what it, it, yeah i feel like and when people respect your music and people respect what you're doing mm -hmm. they're gonna be like all right like how about you drop a you know you know racks gave me two verses so i was like all right now i'll give you a song and i'll get i'll produce it and you know what i mean work vice versa because we know it's in both of our favors to do it and it's interesting because we me and juicy although we're, we're we're heavy in the desi scene and we play desi parties we also do a lot of we're in the hip-hop game and we study hip-hop and we've studied all the hip-hop labels and the moguls and that's kind of how a lot of collabs work in that world and it's almost like what you guys are building here is that where you can you can call up an, an artist and just get a consultation and say yo what you think about my beat yeah or what do you think about this record and the vibes are just happening yeah and it's, and it's happening so organically to the point where i think you you were involved in funk but yeah you weren't you know it wasn't it was something that you're behind the scenes on funk like yeah yeah incredibly Tell us about that because that's a big record and Jay Static did the beat, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jay, JJ is a good friend. Um, basically, I was there I think last January when I when I was working on my album and stuff, and um, I got there. Fate was there. I was, um, you know, and JJ showed me this beat, and basically JJ was like, "Okay, do some compositions over it." So I composed that whole song, and I think Pav. Um, sent his parts and basically I, you know it was just such an organic song I think it's an anthem yeah like I don't think it, it got to where it should have gotten I yeah think, yeah I think I, it's way bigger 100% like it, it sounds like Bruno Mars yeah it was like, like the a Bruno first, Mars type yeah, of fucking record it was the record. first like Punjabi type of that record too and that was, was I, I remember JJ like he, he he mapped everything out and so even when I was working on that song like I I knew it was going to be like something huge. It's just, I was so involved with my album. Right, right. That I was just like, dude, like, I don't know if I want to. Mm. And I know like Pav and Fate have like grilled me about like not being on the song and like <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, word? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you well, know. Like, I, like like they wanted you on the song? Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we did it like it was going to be all four of us. Okay. But I was so busy and consumed with my album. I was like, you guys just put it out and wow. like, you know, just credit me. And you know that's why like I, I i'll always work with them but like that's that's just like the way my mentality is that when i'm kind of so in my project i like i i kind of turn into like kind of like a prick mode and like just be like <laughs> i just wanted i just want to do my stuff yeah. i don't want to do this I focus. Do that. yeah i respect that yeah i mean Th that would have been a fun record though but i was just like so tunnel vision that i was uh, you know i was i, I just i it, it basically felt like i did that song that i don't even remember doing it that i was just back into my album interesting because i did a lot of songs with jj on that uh, in those sessions so the season we here now yeah what season is it what are we talking about when we say the i think season it's now? always it's always senti season like it's <laughs> always gonna be um this album like it was i just wanted i i've been wanting to make this album it's been like, a minute with a like i think three years since yeah lifestyle was end of 2016 
Right. So 2017, I kind of decided that this was going to be the next album. Wow. So and it's been a long time coming. Yeah. So, with with tracks and yeah. So I I've gotten like sidetracked and like you know had singles that popped, mm. right? And then had to do that and then leave the album away and then come back to it. But 2018 was definitely the year where I was like, this is going to be the album that. Where I just didn't care, like I I didn't care that I didn't have this type of song. This I literally just wanted to make like the be- like the sad songs I wanted to make, the romantic songs, like the Bollywood filmy songs I wanted to make. I just literally put all that out there, and then it was like mid two thousand eighteen where I showed Umar and the team the album. Oh, so you kept it hush hush. Uh, I, I I always send voice notes. I get really excited when I make stuff and I, okay. I'll send voice notes and who, sometimes like if someone's just calling me, right. I'll send them a track. I'll be like, "Yo, what do you think?" Like I get really excited and want to like How do how do me and Juicy yeah, work? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys just message me at the right time and uh, you know, I'm always just like so I sent um we all listen to the album mm-hmm. and then they're like well like it's so you had it because there's a lot of songs on the album it's so i had a, like I, two albums yeah so this was i basically had a different album than the one that came out i had like a whole different album done and i With sent all different records um no like four or five of them were the same okay otherwise the album was like completely different and i sent it to to these guys and they're just like dude so depressing <laughs> i don't know and I was I I kind of got that feeling too where I was you, like you told me you spent a lot of time with Fatih at that time yeah and I, he came out with an album that was yeah so we yeah, we were doing uh, we even have like so many songs together that we just like put up, put to the side because we're like I want to do my album he wanted to do his right and like we we really wanted to just like make like you know what I mean without thinking of like a hook or this or, like just make music right 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 so that was my whole goal with this album and um yeah so uh basically we we got the album that was like super senti and super sad and then we're like all right we i i agreed with them for the first time where i was like you know what let's kind of change it when you say them that's the team yeah yeah the squad the squad and yeah you yeah. trust completely with yeah with yeah i vision. trust them because like sometimes i get caught up in it too like as an artist like i get caught up in like you know being stubborn and being like no this is the way no you know what you don't understand you're not an artist but at the same time like you're not making music like i'm not making it fully for myself right you know if i wanted like i think 50 cent said if you want to make a record for yourself then keep it in the basement and just listen to it every night why are you releasing it and so a part of me believes that and then a part of me is like no like this is my soul and whatever i need to just let it out and see what people think about it so um i came back after that and i made like two three like more hip-hop records or trappy records or even fire that wasn't even supposed to like that aga track that wasn't supposed to be on the album right that was literally a day before we were about to submit it to itunes and we listened to the last four tracks and we're like we need to break this up otherwise it's just like people aren't going to get the right effect wow so i made that song like literally i called uh fate um he he came up with he came up with that he's like yo use that and i just like i i put that in the song i quickly recorded it mixed it sent it off for mastering in the morning we it was we, I, even on uh one of the posts i did i said it's gonna be a 12 track album and then we added that track we're like it's 13 now what's, Bonus. Your, what's yeah. your favorite track on the album mm, i like um honey 
and I like Kamale um, because those are like Hani was a track that I didn't put any um, boundaries on. Like I, I, if I felt like doing like some rag, I just did it. If I felt like, you know what I mean, I didn't think that like, okay, this is has to be like this. Even the second verse, like I remember me and Umar were like talking about it, and the second verse, like it just doesn't really make any sense, like compared to any other song. Like it just, it sounds like a bridge that like never ends. Mm. <laughs> like we're just like um, the way it's structured. I was just like, that's one track. I was like, all right, this is me and also like me showing that like i can do bollywood i could do this and that and i can make it like a punjabi sounding song as well fire yadkar is my favorite track oh thank you yeah. that's Omar's favorite track yeah. i like everything oh yeah. thank you man yeah. Was, yeah a lot of people like it's it's cool because like that's when i feel the best when like people have their favorites and you know just the response the album's been getting it's just like it seems like mad surreal do you ever um do you ever read the comments and be like what the hell how could someone give me a negative review when this shit is so fire yeah <laughs> does it get to you um it doesn't get to me too much like the thing is some of these people are nasty in these comments yeah people are 100 percent, and that's like i had to develop thick skin like i said like even when i came out like i don't look like like I'm supposed to be an artist. What does you know that mean? I mean? Hold on. I what, mean, is the, what does that mean, bro? I mean, like, like I didn't, like, you know, I didn't know how to pose. I didn't know how to do this. Like, you know what I mean? I remember, like, the first comments that I used to get, like, oh, look at his big ass ears. Look at this. Look at that. Like, you know what I mean? Because right. I, I didn't know. Like, I had zero confidence basically even still like i just realized there's a camera there and i'm gonna get like a little bit more like like i'm very camera shy i'm very like introverted so like i going on camera i had like zero confidence right on like how am i supposed to look how mm -hmm. am i and that's why that's like a big comment i get is like the senti pose right. like all oh, prophecies always has like the same senti i don't know anything else like when a camera goes on i know to like look down look to the side <laughs> i'm like yo someone told me that this is a cool angle so that, that that's just what i do well, I, think and, like, I think the music speaks for itself then so it, it and matter, that's right? what i always wanted i never wanted to be known you know for any i mean with the, the way that my social media is and stuff is like that's obviously something that people notice now but um i've always wanted it just to be about the music because like i'm i'm a sort of person that just wants to do this and then like maybe one day disappear and just keep releasing Damn, music you know. you're gonna come out with, under a different name yeah <laughs> just surprise everyone and like that's never so be heard never be seen just make music got a lot of heat in the vault too i, I want to <laughs> ask you about aspirational collaborations you've collaborated with some of the best in in the desi scene uh we didn't really touch on the the french mantena thing but uh before we do that um aspirationally do you have any artists that you would love to meet and collaborate with and and maybe sit in a session with or do a record with or just just vibe out with is there anyone that you are like yo if i got in the studio with this guy this shit would be crazy it's a wrap i think it's uh it's always been arimon like you could hear it in my music and like the way that I learned how to do strings was like listening to his songs like that's just a lot of even like the sound is like very Bollywood but like his level of Bollywood mm -hmm. that's what I've been inspired from so I think that's always one person that I would always like that's one person I'd like fanboy if like I, I met them and have you ever had an opportunity no I haven't 
Okay. Um, I've been really close, and you know, like it was. It, the thing is that it's just like the the way I feel like the the place I am right now. Like a lot of people know about me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I personally, I always maybe I downplay myself a bit too, where I think like I still need to like just kill it, a step higher, a step higher, and then like the right doors. Like at this step, a, a lot of new doors are opening. Mm-hmm. But like I always like to think like in the future and like what what's, I feel like it's a few more steps and then I'll be like content in that that space. One thing that we um, we're big on is bridging mainstream hip-hop to our own community and here in new york we've been able to play in both fields where Mm -hmm. we're able to do a lot of mainstream work but then we also keep it within our culture uh what my vision is and juicy shares the same sentiment is that our artists will be played on mainstream radio Uh, our artists will collab with bigger american artists uh do you ever feel like our sound is big enough, strong enough, and dope enough to be heard on big radio stations or um, be played on on places like BET and MTV here in the states. Is that is that something that's doable and something that you've ever thought about doing? Um, yeah, I mean personally, like we've been close to those opportunities, mm-hmm. and you know we've like I don't want to say any names, but like we've been very close to having like some sort of mainstream collabs or a rap collab um but it's just like something just falls through so i feel like yeah as a scene like we're 100 percent ready because all of us have you know even our sound is there at one point like when you listen to punjabi music compared to the rest of the music it, it wasn't like something was missing sure it wasn't mixed right it wasn't mastered right, right. it was like uh, you know the standards weren't there but i feel like now it's to the point where like everything you know could align and those collabs i mean you know i mean they're happening they're already. happening it's exactly slow and steady, but it's slow happening. and steady so i think it's it's definitely something that i think about you know because like when i'm not making like my sad songs or like you know like for my audience i'm right. also making you know these records for other artists or you know for myself mm. so i i definitely think that like you know within the next year two years like there's going to be a lot of um you know mainstream collaborations and you know i think it's slowly happening just with all these people visiting india you know it, it's been more now more than ever what are your thoughts on artist originals they just put out a record with uh with Nazy, Divine, and Ranveer Singh, and, and Nas on the record as yeah. a feature. What are your thoughts on that, and what, what AO is doing? I mean, they did a Marshmallow record as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on what, what well, I AO mean, like, is putting together? I work together? with AO, like, you know, on a few, even this year, we're working on a few projects. Yep. So, um, you know, a lot of my comments will be contractually, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, AO's dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, I, I, you know, just speaking from like an audience perspective, um, I think it's dope. Like, it's just because now we're getting funding, right? Yeah, like, and now just... the yeah, like you know, all of us are getting funding, which is just dope and we don't have to like you know we're getting fair deals off sure. of all of it too which is like unheard of like even three years ago right so um i think it's dope what's happening um you know with those mainstream collabs and i i, I think it's just like more and more it w- with the nas collab it just it seems so organic 
Like it didn't seem like like there's been collabs in the past where you're just like like this is so cheesy like why is this I think Pitbull's got coming with Pitbull, yeah Pitbull's but I mean that the, it works right, right. like it, the, I think that stuff works but sometimes like you, it, they've done it in the past where I don't I don't know if it's made sense like where the artist doesn't promote it and it's just right. like you could just tell that they just like bought this verse right and here's like 20 that, G's do yeah 16, here's 20 yeah. G's and then the art that the rapper didn't even remember that he did it yeah. right right and right. he doesn't when he probably sees it coming up he's like yo whatever i'm not promoting this yeah i think our, our job is as gatekeepers is to educate the mainstream on who we are continually yeah and and always keep us at the forefront yeah to ensure that they come to us rather than just us going to, to yeah because when we go to them like they, i think they know themselves it's just like a cash opportunity yeah and it doesn't and even like those songs like they don't really they're not long-term songs mm. Like it's just like it doesn't mean anything. It's like a, you might as well just do it by yourself. So real quick, we're we're about to kind of end it, but wanted to ask you about what happened with the French Montana mixtape feature and and how that how that whole thing came about. Just so the listeners understand what what really happened there. So that was um, basically I was with Rax in UK and we looked at French. Uh, someone messaged me French Montana's Instagram and he was playing this beat and it had a, a sample from Rashi Sood, uh this track that we did together who was signed to you at the time yeah yeah so we did that um, track and I was like dude like he sampled our song and he's spitting something over it it was on his Instagram and Rax was like what this is crazy I was like whoa like in is... like you're popping now yeah yeah okay. like what <laughs> like everyone was like you know what the hell like that means someone's listening and it was actually a producer out of Cali who uh, I think uh, is Desi. So he produced that song and uh, had that sample from that. And then basically after that, we got um, requests to what's it called? Clear the sample. And that was our first time like dealing with like labels, dealing with we had no idea. Um, you know what it takes to clear a sample um, we had a publisher on board at that time so it was it was just a lot of back and forth but with nothing you know what I mean there was at one point it just like kind of stopped and I feel it, either on their end or our end like something just kind of halted and then I remember just the song coming out on a mixtape got it so on, on when when something's quote-unquote a mixtape even though it's for sale on itunes it's it, i think it, they just to because like people don't understand that yeah so what happens is that when where when i'm a part of a song say if i've written something say something sampled anything i'm entitled to make money off of that song so when someone wants to use something without my permission they're gonna have to release it for free Mm. And or they, have you have your publisher have, clear it? Uh, yeah, have me and my publisher clear that sample. So that sample, um, you know, with our thing, I think it was something on their end that you know didn't work. But from our end, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I just remember me and Umar like looking through our email, making sure that it's like a professional email, <laughs> and like looking at it, it's your first time you see something coming from uh, Universal, and like you, you just you really don't know how to, you know. Right. And I'm someone who's very involved in that. Like, there's artists where they're just like, yeah, my manager handles everything. I, I'm, I, 
everything that's going on, you know, in my organization, I'm a part of. So I, I get to that level where I'm checking that every all the emails are sent properly, that we're, you know, on a professional standard and Umar is the same way. So for us, that was like the first opportunity to like be professional and <laughs> do business. <laughs> it's quite a learning experience. Well, with, with that, I'm, I'm sure more opportunities are going to keep coming to you. Emails are going to keep coming in from labels and people and, and people that want to collaborate and, and, and work with you. Uh, with that, I think Prophecy gave us a, a boatload of gems, Juice. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's an incredible episode. Thank you so much, Prophecy. But to take a tangent, but also bring things back full circle a little bit. Yeah. We started off and we asked Prophecy um, his favorite food, butter chicken. You've toured all around the world. You've visited many cities. What city, in your opinion, has the best butter chicken? I think it was Delhi. Delhi. Had to be. I mean, uh, Delhi, or actually even Punjab. Actually, Umar <laughs> might say Jalandhar because uh, okay. we were we did a show in Chandigarh and then we came back and we were staying actually in my pend and there was a spot like right near my is uh, right near Model Town. And so we went there, and I think that was probably hands down the best. But I mean, the after effects weren't too great. But it's also the, it's also the atmosphere you're in at the time. It's too, the right? atmosphere, but um, I don't know. It was just like that was the perfect butter chicken I've had like anywhere. Punjab's food is just all another level, bro. Yeah. Take him to Richmond Hill, maybe. How long are you in town? Yeah, I'm here for a few days. So let's do it. Yeah, right, maybe we, we get you to Richmond Hill, yeah, which is like now. Little Punjab, and there's a couple of spots that uh. That we could put you on to Shout if you're out in to the Golden mood. Punjab. <laughs> yeah. But before we end, bro, um, if you could give the youth, the listeners, um, the the kids that are your fans and the kids that just newly uh, got to listen to your story, uh, some words of advice from from someone who's currently doing it, who has a lot more growth potential in the scene, and someone who's put out a lot of music over the last five six years. Um, if you could give them some advice, some key points, what would you tell the youth that's listening right now, uh, specifically if they're if they're in the creative side of things, whether they're music or tech or fashion, what what can you leave us with? I think the main thing is like it sounds so cliche, but like honestly, be yourself and like you know don't adhere. Like on the come up, you hear so many things of what other people are doing, and it's so easy to become like distracted. And, you know, follow trends, follow this, follow that. But the before I feel like you even put anything out, before you do anything, like make sure what you make, what, what you do is a piece of you, uh, is, you know, something that you really totally feel inside. And like, it could be like, where, like I've made bad songs and but you sometimes just have to like believe in yourself and put it out so that's the one thing i think and like it's a lot of like this generic advice makes sense when you go through it like you know what i mean like be yourself don't worry about what people think and it's so true because like you know i i'm at that stage now where like it is like none of that stuff really matters and you have to go through it you you even have to veer off the road and make songs that you don't like to kind of teach you that oh yeah i should do what i like so i'm happy you know what i mean like we're all in the artistic space mm. and we all know that like what we do is very different like the lives we live are very different from like people that work a nine to five no and, such thing with us yeah there's no so like i haven't slept in like four days and you know what i mean <laughs> you'll be walking kinda, your dog in yeah, a few yeah. days, <laughs> omar's been telling me you know what i mean like this is a high definition and you'll see all the like bags under my <laughs> eyes and stuff but 
I think that's one thing that I always say is just like, you know, embrace who you are, embrace, you know, it's not for everyone. Even what you do, it shouldn't be for everyone. You shouldn't be like, I want everyone to like who I am. Mm. It should never be like that. It should be like, I want to like who I am and I want to connect with people that are like me. Bars. That's, that's it. Gems and gems to you, man. <laughs> Bars from the man, right. Prophecy Straight Out of Calgary. This is your boy, DJ Sherrod. And DJ Juicy, baby. We are the Butter Chicken Podcast. Don't forget to follow us at Butter Chicken Podcast on Instagram. Juicy, where can they hear our they podcast, can, sir? They can hear us on all podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, Hubhopper, um, and everywhere else, man. Just come get at us. Email us if you want to be on the show. you have any comments, make sure you subscribe. And we'll see you at the next one, man. Butter Chicken, baby. We out. Season three. Bye. Thank you.